0: all the way from providence rhode island welcome 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 to the potterverse it's a podcast dedicated to the book and film universe of harry potter so grab your favorite wands and time turners let's step into the night and pursue that flighty temptress adventure Hi, everybody, and welcome back. My name is Mary Larson. My
1: name is Blake, and this is one of those times. This is the second time in four books that I've actually found it hard to like Snape. Agreed. This is... Agreed. It it does not happen often. It does not. Yes. But it does in this chapter, and, it, it, you know...
0: It's interesting because obviously this is a spoilerific podcast. We know what's happened. We know that in the long run, Snape is actually looking out for Harry in many ways. Uh, But we also know that he doesn't like Harry, that Harry reminds him of his his dad. But when you're able to read it through the looking glass and Mm -hmm. you know the future and you know exactly what it is, you see Snape in different lights, like how we did in the last chapter where he was like, oh, Potter shouldn't do this. He's always getting into business. Maybe he was saying some of that to get him out. Mm-hmm. And yet in this chapter, you can't really play devil's advocate.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you can't. And and but it, it, a lot of it isn't necessarily towards Harry. Correct. Uh, though, though Snape insinuates that he's purposely going to poison Harry in this chapter. Uh, but yeah, it's obviously it's against Hermione and it's. the last time I felt like this was when he was just awful to Neville. Correct. And, and I think that is why I have a hard time, uh, you know, just being okay with Snape. You can't Wait, love. You can't Snape. You can't be okay with Snape. Ju- uh, just it's tr- a
0: grown man.
1: Like, uh, look trolling. at us. We're like not
0: even getting into the chapter. We're just like, we need to lay this out. I know,
1: trolling on a fourteen-year-old. Okay. Uh, it's that's hard for me to get. But you know what? Sorry. Well, let's no, no, no. I appreciate it. We are show. going
0: to get into this, of yeah. course. Yes, yes, yes. Um. All right. So, chapter. 18, The wing of the Wands. Four summers ago, on his 11th birthday, he had entered Mr. Ollivander's shop with Hagrid to buy a wand. Mr. Ollivander had taken his measurements and then started handing him wands to try. Harry had waved what felt like every wand in the shop until at last he had found the one that suited him, this one which was made of holly, 11 inches long, and contained a single feather from the tail of a phoenix. That phoenix was fox. Mr. Ollivander had been very surprised that Harry had been so compatible with this wand. Curious, he said. Curious. And not until Harry had asked him what was curious had Mr. Ollivander explained that the phoenix feather in Harry's wand, fox's feather, had come from the same bird, fox, that had supplied the core of Lord Voldemort's. Harry had never shared this piece of information with anybody. He was very fond of his wand, and as far as he was concerned, it its relation to Voldemort's wand was something it couldn't help. Rather, as he couldn't help being related to Aunt Petunia. However, he'd really hoped that Ollivander wasn't about to tell the room about it. He had a funny feeling Rita Skeeter's quick, quote, quill might just explode with excitement if he did.
1: Oh, Rita Skeeter she, she is also... She's on, another Slytherin. She is something else in this Slytherins
0: chapter. Slytherins do not well. The the The, the, the two this. best
1: cha- parts of this chapter involve Snape... And says the Slytherin oh, uh, podcast course. host.
0: Okay, well, I disagree, <laughs> but I would say the meanest parts, you know, and you really, the the parts where you start to f- be fearful and you worry about Harry and his friends, yes, it's by these um, antagonists. And what's neat is that like, It's just distracting us. It's distracting us from the fact that Barty Crouch Jr., a.k.a. Faux Moody, you know, is the one that has done this, that actually Harry Potter is in danger and it's only really serious Black and Hermione and Hagrid in this chapter who've been constants, you know, in his life, being like, buddy, you gotta watch out. (laughs) Something is not right here. Well, before we get into the rest of this episode, we want to thank all of you so much for hitting that subscribe button in your podcast app of choice. I would love would love to ask a big whole favor of you is that you head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a written review with five stars. It's going to help us be seen by more people who are coming back to Potter or are finding Harry Potter for the first time. Yeah,
1: especially now that the secrets of Dumbledore is coming, is yes. coming out soon
0: because of that. I will say we have fallen down the rankings in Apple Podcasts as oh, no. the podcasts go. So do the Potterverse a favor. And if you have not yet written a review, write one for us if you have a interview go ask your best friend go ask your kid to write a review for us let's get those reviews back up uh, so we so can are, be the top five are again are we gonna do are we gonna do uh,
1: an emergency podcast for The Secrets of Dumbledore I mean maybe sure yeah we probably, so probably should probably will by the way not in love with that title
0: well let's discuss that on a different podcast okay
1: <laughs> fair enough <laughs> alright here we go let's, right, get, let's into get, the get into the show, the show. <laughs> I solemnly swear that I'm up to no good Ooh.
0: In case you were wondering how much time has gone by, still not that much. It's actually November 1st, the day after Halloween. I feel like we've been here for a very long time, but this chapter does span a couple of weeks of time. So don't worry, time eventually does pass in the massive book known as The Goblet of Fire. The Goblet of Fire! Um, In this book, Hermione, Hagrid, and Sirius have got Harry's back, and he feels a little bit better, even though the rest of the school, Hufflepuffs, Ravenclaws, and Slytherins included, think that he's a big old liar. And that potter stinks. Oh man, oh man. Uh, Draco Malfoy and Harry get into a little bit of a tiff, which leaves Hermione getting some nice old beaver teeth. And um, yeah, then he's getting the weighing of the wands and Rita Skeeter decides to interview him and adds a lot of stuff that wasn't necessarily true.
1: I love Rita Skeeter.
0: I do. I don't. And I'm so glad that at least I get to podcast with a Slytherin who gets to see things from different perspectives because I, I already feel so conflicted with Dumbledore being a Gryffindor. Whoa. I know He's good. Well, why do you feel conflicted? Because Harry is literally a lamb to be slaughtered in this series. A little boy is a lamb to be slaughtered. I'm only in the third grade. <laughs> well, you know, you know how it is. So, yes. as I said, this all is still happening. So, um one chapter on top of another. And you know, when you're sitting there and you've got this big old book in your hands and you've realized
1: you're not even you're, halfway through. You're, well, you're close.
0: You're close, but that's what I'm saying is that Halloween just happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's still so much to go through. Um, so this this chapter, of course, really we spend a lot of time with Harry just feeling very left out, which I feel like is an ongoing theme for Harry Potter, even though he is Harry freaking Potter.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, that that's true. Uh, if I could find it, there it is. I'm Harry
0: freaking Potter. Even though he is the chosen one, even though every single person knows about him thanks to the history books, this poor child goes through years of just isolation. We think back to the Chamber of Secrets where people thought that he, because he could speak Parseltongue, that he was the heir of Slytherin and everyone was worried about him. We've got him here now in the Goblet of Fire being hated by three-fourths of the school because they're stealing pride from Hufflepuff and Cedric Diggory. You know, we look forward to The Order of the Phoenix where he's gonna be called a liar because he stands there proudly and says, Cedric Diggory was killed by Lord Voldemort and he's back, mm. and nobody believes him. We then go on even further where he's undesirable number one. Like it gets so big that it's not just Hogwarts that hates Harry Potter, that is against him, that thinks he's a liar and a phony. It ends up being, you know, the mainstream media at the time, it ends up being all these different things. And I just, I I like to keep that in perspective because we're in Harry's point of view so much. We're in the magical world with him. We're with him being a hero and standing up and we want to just give him a high five. And this kid has a rough life. Yeah, that I think
1: is due in part to his exceptionalism uh, and the exceptionalism that he, I think, feels but also is subjected to. Harry Potter is special and that is noted – by Hermione in this chapter when she's talking about Ron, mm-hmm. uh, saying, "Listen, Ron's just jealous, and he's put up with it all this time,
0: but this is the last straw. He, he you're the chosen one. Like you're no, again, not the chosen one just yet, but she does say you're the one that gets all the attention.
1: I'm Harry freaking Potter, and I, I mean we play that as a joke, but it's it's true within the context of the text, right? You, He His exceptionalism is both a blessing and a burden. It makes him a popular kid. It makes him Harry freaking Bada. But it also sets him up for some real low points. And you're right, Mary. His exceptionalism sets him up to be isolated.
0: You know – because
1: nobody can understand him from that point of view.
0: Yeah, I mean, just in general, fame. You know, we all know that there's two sides to fame. We all yep. know that all the famous actors and actresses and singers, as much as some may like them, some may hate them. We know that they always get hate mail and blasted on social media. Um, Blake and I, when we started podcasting, <laughs> we we started to get. You know, I just talked about those iTunes reviews. Oh, so we started to get a lot of iTunes reviews, and a couple of those would be these scathing, wretched, terrible Woo! ones. why don't and I'll you never divorce forget, Mary? Yeah, literally, one of them said. <laughs> Why don't you divorce Mary? She sounds um, like a
1: yapping dog.
0: Thank you, person. You still haunt my dreams. But we ended up talking to a friend of ours who yeah. had been podcasting for a while, was really involved in the industry. And she said, when you start to get big, you start to get the haters. So know that, that when you get haters in any way, shape, or form, that that means you're actually getting bigger and yes. you're getting more well-known. And it just kind of comes with the territory. And here poor Harry Potter obviously was going to have a few haters. He had the Draco Malfoys, you know? Sure. But at this point, it's not just that. It's not just that he's famous. Is that he's, like, potentially stolen fame from somebody else who a lot of people have deemed worthy. And what hurts him, I think, the most, because you see it time and time again in this chapter, is his longing to share something with Ron.
1: <sighs> yeah.
0: So here's my question to you. Who is in the wrong? Should Ron apologize to Harry? Should Harry apologize or at least, like, start a conversation to fix things with Ron, who should or should neither of them done it and should have just happened the way that it happens here in this book? Cause should it have happened this chapter? And if so, who should have been the big one to do it? Well, let's keep in perspective. It's a 14 year old voice. I know. And,
1: and hmm. so Hermione is very adult in this matter. She has the most emotional intelligence yeah. in this matter. And thank God that she does the issue with this, and,
0: can I make a note? Both Hermione and Harry were only children. And granted, Harry lived with Dudley, so it's kind of like a skewed only children thing. Yes. But I think that that, especially with Hermione, I think it allows her to have that that omnipresence of like seeing the situation a little bit because no matter what, when you have siblings, there is jealousy and you don't even realize it half oh, the time. Absolutely. You know, there's this little like, I want to be better than them or I want to get credit for that throughout your entire life. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Your entire life. Well, the thing I like about this most, at least I'm speaking for myself, but I'm Ron. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: wrong. The thing I like about this most is that Hermione. She don't play no fools. Like, she doesn't play the fool she, and she doesn't mess around. Like she she is happy to talk to Harry or Ron about the other, but she ain't going to fix it for mm-hmm. him. You know, she's not going to do that typical 14-year-old girl, get myself in the middle of everything and try to fix everything. Like <clears throat> some someone, <clears throat> I know. Um she, <laughs> How to tell when the hosts aren't listening.
0: I wasn't listening. (laughs) Thanks, Blake. (laughs) Do you want to recap? I took a moment to look at my phone. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get another bad iTunes review. They're going to say Mary took a a mental break for 30 seconds. Mary doesn't
1: care what Blake says. Why don't you just divorce her? (laughs) <laughs> how can you have a podcast you don't listen to each other you're gonna, blah, you're gonna get blod to death okay oh man Sorry. all right <laughs> so we're just gonna whistle past that joke okay because i don't want to pay for it later on okay, okay. here we go um <laughs> she doesn't get in the middle of it and she forces ron and harry did you make
0: she, like an x-rated joke no no, no okay
1: I um i just made the joke about your character it's okay um <laughs> She she doesn't get herself in the middle of things, uh, and Mary, I think you could probably uh, assume what I'm talking about here. Um, she does. She chooses not to get in the middle. She wants Harry and Ron to fix it on their own, and she is like, L- "Dude, listen, I, you you do it. You talk to Ron. You should be doing it." The thing this I would is say. Why I'm
0: not Hermione.
1: The thing I would say about the situation is that neither.
0: I wouldn't have done that. I would have fixed it.
1: Uh, neither are wrong. <laughs> Uh, Ron or Harry. They're not wrong and they're not right either. They're allowed
0: to have their feelings.
1: And that's a that's a mark of good writing from the author. Be- because again- I mean,
0: Ron is wrong in the sense that he thinks that Harry did put his name into the Goblet of Fire. Yeah, but he's- <laughs> Ron is wrong in the sense that he thinks that Harry is withholding information from him. Yes, yeah, so he thinks
1: he's acting on what is true, right? So yes- Could the situation be solved if they just talk to one another? Yep. Yes, absolutely. And that's the beautiful part about this writing. Because, again, they're not all wrong and they're not all right. If one person is wholly right and one person is wholly wrong, that's Harry versus Voldemort. (laughs) Right? That is not a friendship. That is an antagonistic relationship. And you're always going to choose the right person. You have every right to be mad at Harry right now. It's it's incredibly frustrating uh, for Harry to act the way that he does, and also it's incredibly frustrating for the way that Ron acts the way that he does. And this is something that actually comes up again mm-hmm. in later books. Mm-hmm. For all you for all you nerds out there, you know what I'm talking about. It's 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 so frustrating so, and
0: yet it's so real and yes. this is the beauty of it like long term relationships do become almost this, this sibling like energy you know you have to remember that Harry and Ron take every single class together they sleep in the same room together they're best friends so they eat together all the time and yes Harry is used to that he's saying you know I woke up oh and Ron isn't there and oh I'd love to share this with Ron and the information yeah. that that actually Fleur Delacour is part Vila Ron would love that oh yeah I'm not speaking to him you're sitting here and I'm sitting here as the reader and now as, you know, adults that, that you and I are Blake and we're sitting here saying, "Harry, just suck it up, man. Life is too short." You know, just go over to him and be like, "Listen, man, I don't know what's going on, but can we please talk? You know, go for a walk by the lake, feed feed the squid some toast." You know, cuz yeah. that was really cool that I did with Hermione. I didn't know it like toast so much. I Raisin, love
1: the the rye. the big squid or whatever it is, octopus, I don't know. The squid. Whatever, sure. That's it for nerds. Whatever it is, that might be my most favorite, like, tertiary character (laughs) in the whole series. I
0: mean, I think you set your bar really low, if that's it. No, no. You want to know why? Why? Because it only
1: pops up a couple of times. You know, it popped up in the, in in the, the, was it, uh, was it in this book? That turned over, that it it turned over the boat?
0: Mm, Turned over a boat.
1: Yeah, for, for, uh, for Dennis Creevy.
0: Oh, that he got, yes, 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 this, yes.
1: It only shows up a couple of times, but when it does, it leaves a mark. Harry throws, the throws, like I throw the pen, throws the pen into the water and all of a sudden, this just, <laughs> a tentacle comes out and just takes the bread. It's one of those just random characters on a TV show that mm-hmm. just shows up and you're like, that is wicked funny. And it never, it doesn't insist upon itself. It's not like in your face. If you're paying attention, you get the humor.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I love that.
0: Something that I think is quite interesting, because, you know, as I'm as I'm rewriting it now sitting here, Hermione does try to tell Harry, please go speak to Ron. Yeah, yes. well, you should go speak to him about it. So she does try her best without necessarily getting her nose in it. Um, but what is also interesting is, you know, when you are in a disagreement with your best friend or with your partner and it consumes your life, Oh yeah, I've it consumes there. your brain. You just can't function. Harry Potter was just Put as a Triwizard Tournament I'm Henry last night. Last night, yeah. And what does he talk about most in this chapter? Not. Oh, I really wonder who did it. Wow, this is really weird. He worries about. What's up with Ron? Ron? Yeah. Oh! oh,
1: it's a sign. It's a sign. Oh. It's a sign of great character. Oh,
0: and great friendship. It's great
1: friendship. Yes, absolutely. Um, and and again, it, it's a testament to the author for this relationship that she has created. Uh, one that feels real and one that feels tactical tactile you know how each character is going to react uh and that is a natural cycle of of the characterization very special uh you you even get a natural sense of how harry is going to react when he starts thinking about snape mm-hmm. and like there there is that part i mean i, I don't want to get ahead of, ahead of ourselves here
0: okay and do um to keep going from where we are? Uh, no, no, are you...
1: you keep going. Keep going from where you are, then we'll get to it. <laughs> oh, we'll okay. Get, we'll get into it.
0: So Hermione does convince Harry to write this letter to Sirius, because Sirius did say, if anything further creepy weird happens, please let me know. Well, something creepy weird just happened last night, man. Yeah. So let's let Sirius know. Um, of course, he has to not use Hedwig, because Hedwig is just such an obvious owl, this beautiful, snowy uh, white Hedwig's owl. Pissed. Right? Hedwig is so mad. Harry gets upset, because he's like, first Ron, now Hedwig's upset with me. Yeah. And And And, you know, he just has to use one of the school owls so it can't be detected. Something that I thought was so sweet as I was reading it this this time. You know, obviously, Hedwig is one of my top three favorite characters. And um, Hagrid picked Hedwig out like he could have oh, picked Oh, yeah could pick anything. Any of these other owls yeah, yeah. and Hagrid who is a care of magical creatures professor who is someone who works very closely yeah. like knew to pick such an intelligent wonderful bird not yeah. just not just that she was pretty but it really makes me think that Hagrid like yeah he got it yeah that it wasn't even necessarily H- Hedwig's looks that mm-hmm. made him pick it that like this is an owl that is really going to be intelligent and work well with Harry Potter so I don't know I just I just I love that to yeah, my again, are connected. again. There's, there's more
1: clues that that Hedwig in fact understands every single one of Harry's words. Yes. It is now is that my question to you Mary is that just an innate character trait of owls in this world or are there magical charms or are there spells put on these owls so that they understand the words. I will
0: tell you, like I don't know enough about owls, if all owls are magical and capable. Sure. Mm, I don't know. That's it. You know what?
1: Call out to the nerds. Yeah. Okay? Nerd clan. If you know that answer, you tell us. Yes. Because that's a good... It's a fair question. That is a very fair
0: question. Very, very fair. Because like... You, I feel like they need to be trained. Yeah, like who, you can't just like go into the woods and take an owl and well, be you like... Well, got, you got owls in the in the Do you understand doing ABCs? C's Yeah. I don't know what that means.
1: Owls in a classroom doing ABCs.
0: No, I don't understand.
1: You learning how to speak English? Okay. Are they doing... Okay. (laughs) You know what, Marvin? No. You're you're on Mars today. No,
0: I'm not. I'm just not picturing Hedwig sitting there with a pencil, you know, okay, this is how I make an A. No, but... Being cared for <laughs> since they were young, Go, learning how to do me- – like you think about messenger pigeons or, yes. you know, um, birds of prey, raptors that that hunt for people. They mm-hmm. have to be trained generally from a young age. So sure. maybe that is part of it. Okay. And maybe owls are above the rest when it comes to other raptor birds of prey. Fair
1: enough. Fair enough.
0: I'm a huge fan of raptor birds of prey. We actually just saw a bald eagle today. Oh.
1: Oh, at Phew. least
0: so close to our car. At least
1: it was like ten feet above our car. That's it. Five foot wingspan. Easily. Mm-hmm. Not e- like not even I it was like watching a dinosaur. It was, it was enormous. It was
0: so big. And I have no idea what he's doing near our house as we live in like complete suburbia that in the city. But oh well. <laughs> have fun, Eagle. We're glad we saw you. Um, so, you know, once again, just kind of carrying on with the idea that nobody likes Harry right now. We do get a mention of some of the other Hufflepuffs who we've gotten to know over time. Just oh, The reemergence of JFF. And Ernie McMillan not being the kindest, but I kind of get it. I kind of get it. Well, see, this is, a, this
1: is something that we should definitely debate.
0: Should the puffs be mad?
1: Should the puffs be mad and they should be should they be outwardly mad?
0: As the Ron that I am. Yes. The Griffin Puff that I am. Absolutely. I'd be mad. And henceforth, Ron is mad. He's mad just like the rest of the puffs. Yeah, but The Ravenclaws, on the other hand. Yeah, they
1: don't care about nothing.
0: No, but they're not nice to him either. Oh, no. That's okay. what I don't understand. Okay. Yeah. I think that it is perfectly acceptable for the Hufflepuffs to be upset. Okay. The Hufflepuffs, like, never have a moment to shine. It's only been Cedric Diggory. Cedric Diggory helped Hufflepuff beat um, Gryffindor once. Once. And quit <laughs> <laughs> it. There's thanks to Cedric. Okay. Thank you, Cedric. And now, this is their one moment to shine. Yeah. Someone's going to, someone's, they're probably like, people are actually going to know what a puff is. We don't know, but we, yes, here we go. And Harry Potter kind of steals their glory again. And they've been nice all this time. They've been nice. They've bit their tongue. They
1: weren't nice when Harry was talking about snakes.
0: Well, once again, one of the... I'm so out on JFF. They're very loyal.
1: Fair weather friend.
0: I think actually they are fierce friends, okay? Let's use that fierce friend for Cedric Diggory. You mess with JFF, we're going to like bundle up and take care of our, our fellow Puff. And the same is happening here. I think that the Puffs take care of each other. Don't mess with the Puff. All those little bee badgers are going to come after you. Honey badger. <laughs> don't care.
1: Don't care.
0: Mm-mm. Uh Yeah, but wouldn't you feel like they nope. they would don't mess with their own?
1: Say something along the lines of "Yay,
0: Hogwarts! We're all friends." Nope. They're Tauruses like me. Oh, okay? okay. They they're kind and nurturing and protective, and they love to host and they love to be outside. <laughs> But you flippin' mess with our herd.
1: If there's a friendsgiving to be had, it's at a Hufflepuff's house. You
0: know it is. You know it is. <laughs> but you mess with someone in their family, oh, watch out. Uh, I am surprised Molly Weasley was not a Hufflepuff.
1: That's a good point. Yeah. That is a good point.
0: Don't mess with her daughter. And that would.
1: That would. Yeah, that also hey, was a hey, good point. Hey.
0: That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm giving JFF and Ernie McMillan. A get out of jail free pass. The Ravenclaws. I got problems with them.
1: What do you got problems with the Ravenclaws for?
0: What do they got a problem with Harry Potter for? Slytherins already hate I'll tell you Harry why. Potter. I'll tell you how.
1: I'll tell you how. Why? Because he figured out how to get around the age
0: line. <gasps> the jelly.
1: The jelly.
0: Bam! Bam. Just like that. I they said, we're, we're supposed to be the brightest witches of their age, and yet it's a Gryffindor named Hermione Granger, who's the, who's the smartest sure. in the fourth year. Like, what is that? You know that the fourth year Ravenclaws are being taunted oh, by the yeah. fifth, sixth, and seventh. Trolled
1: out of, uh, in, out of the planet.
0: They're like, you're letting a Gryffindor be the valedictorian? What's wrong with you?
1: <laughs> when did Ravenclaws all of a sudden- Your cousin
0: from Boston. <laughs> you're
1: letting a Gryffindor beat you?
0: Cause they're from Harvard and MIT. You have bunch of <laughs> bunch of Harvard dorks no, going I, out there. But that's what's going on. The Ravenclaws. Yeah. They got their Harvard MIT hats. Ugh. Okay. They're saying we're the bravest and we're the brightest nerds. And now the bravest and brightest be reppin' from Gryffindor. No, nope, you're right. They're jealous and they're upset that Harry Potter figured it out. In and the remember,
1: dinner. it was a Ravenclaw. One of one of the Ravenclaws that was that was with Madame already, Pomfrey. Already tried. Already tried. Failed. Failed yeah. miserably.
0: They were like, if she failed. And Harry Potter, who's a fourth year, he's not even Hermione Granger. Maybe Hermione Granger, because she's wicked smart. Yeah. Maybe she told him how to do it. (laughs) But still, okay, you nailed it. Now we now we know why everyone's mad at Harry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: The Slytherins. Hey, does Draco? Is Draco the one that makes the pins, or is he the one that just like found out about the pins and like?
0: Draco has an Etsy shop on the side. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) <laughs>
1: he has a whole studio set up. Oh yeah! In, in his in his uh, in his four poster bed, yeah. you know, down in the dungeons. There's a whole lighting kit and everything.
0: <laughs> his his Etsy username <laughs> is called the Sneaky Snake. <laughs> Bam. And oh you know he has money, so you know he bought the button making kit as oh, soon as yeah. he could. He got
1: the whole the contraption with the thing. He made a
0: bunch of them for the Quidditch World Cup, okay? Yes, Obviously. Yes. And now he has his button maker and he brought it to school and Crab and Goyle are like, I don't know how to work it. And he's like, Guys, it's fine. <laughs> the sneaky snake. The sneaky snake. I'm gonna make myself a little oh. business. I don't wanna have to ask my dad for penny penny candy money anymore. Sure, yeah. You know, I want to get the newest broom. I want to get the firebolt. I need to see my dad told me to get a job if I wanted the firebolt. Okay? So I got a job and I sell buttons.
1: The the great thing is, is that he is in full support of Cedric Diggory. Full support. Yes. And is it because it's just like, I hate Harry, so I'm going to be the Cedric supporter? Yes. And and I'm going to be the one that goes ahead and, and... and and does all Everyone the would be rooting for
0: Cedric, okay? That is their one champion for their school. So even though he got to meet Victor Crom, like you're going to root for your school. You go yeah, to sure. a football game and you root for your team, okay? Tom Brady is on the Buccaneers, but you're still like I hope the Pats win. I hope they beat him. Yeah, that's I'm true. not going to, but I hope they beat him. Gonna get smoked. I'm going to appreciate the moves he does. <laughs> They're going to get smoked. Okay, that's where Draco is. Oh, Patriots. With his button business, <laughs> <laughs> then we go to oh. potions. Oh no, they have their feud. they have their duel. Yeah, they got a whole thing. When did they learn all these spells? I don't know. Bippity boppity boo! Like two years goes by, you know.
1: Billy Armis and Densagio.
0: What? Restricted book section books are Harry and well, Draco you know taking out in their spare time. You know what time? it is? It's like – It's because Harry is a – No, it's,
1: it's, down, a, it's down from student to student. You know when you're, like, you're a kid and you do some shady stuff No, and you're learning bad things no. and you probably shouldn't be learning them, but you are anyway? No, I don't. <laughs> it's because you're such a, a Hufflepuff. <laughs> um,
0: Hufflepuffs can be naughty.
1: <laughs> well, naughty in a Stop. good way. Stop. <laughs> um, that's what's happening here. I'm sure that they heard it from this kid who heard it from that kid who was, you know, who who dropped out of school 10 years ago. And he, all he's doing is hanging out at Hogwarts because he's, he's got he's a town. He's got nothing better to do. And he's still wearing his credits robes because he thinks he's awesome. Mm-hmm. He's the one teaching Densagio and Franunculus. OK. That's what's happening. They got those situations he's, going it, on. Essentially, he is the Matthew McConaughey in Days Into the Confused.
0: I don't remember that movie. Sorry.
1: All right. All right. All
0: I know. Right. Okay. I know but I just don't remember him that well. Unbelievable. Man. Whatever, man. I've seen a lot of movies. <laughs> my brain is like mush right now. So
1: Matthew McConaughey is, <laughs> I get older and the girls I stay really the same like age. Matthew
0: McConaughey. <laughs> I don't dislike him as much as I dislike Tom Cruise, but Matthew McConaughey is not high up on my list. Wait, you're
1: out on McConaughey?
0: I'm not in. I tell you what. I'm, I'm like in. Like I wouldn't make him sit outside in a blizzard. But I would not invite him to Friendsgiving.
1: I am in on late McConaughey. Early
0: McConaughey,
1: kind of out. Because it was like it was just one guy. Okay, let's get back to
0: Potter. Okay, sorry. Thank you very much. <laughs> so we've got these two. And we've got the Potter stinks buttons going on everywhere and all the Slytherins think it's really funny. We've got Hermione there. And Malfoy says, Want one Granger? I've got loads, but don't touch my hand now. I've just washed it, you see. Don't want a mud blood sliming it up. Oh uh... So this is what makes Harry break.
1: Yeah, you just can't take it. It's the just...
0: insult against Hermione. Yeah, that, right? I love that. Some of the anger Harry had been feeling for days and days, which like, why has it been days and days? It's only been a couple of days, Harry, okay? Yesterday was Halloween. Let's, let's calm down, Harry. Or maybe it's not. Maybe now it's an extra day. I... Um, he reached for his wand before he thought what he was doing. People all around them scrambled out of the way, backing down the corridor. And this right here reminded me of high school. Yeah, absolutely. When you start hearing, fight. Sorry. and everybody Sorry.
1: comes and Hermione knows what's coming.
0: I don't come. I don't I don't walk over and yet, <laughs> I nope, I don't go over there, Blake. G-rated. I do not go over there and I tell you what, the blood always ended up on my locker. Mm. What? Why? Why? Why do you have to fight right in front of my locker? I have a class to get to. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, I was not pleased with the fight situation. Let's do this.
1: Hermione knows what's coming. She knowingly says, Harry. And then Harry just can't. Go on then, Potter. Yeah, I love that. Moody's
0: not here to look after you now. Do it if you've got the guts.
1: And for a split second, they looked into each other's eyes. And then at exactly the same time, both acted. And that goes to show you that Harry's actions... Because he's mad and what he is doing, it's not good, and it's not no. working out for him because what ends up happening is other people get hurt. Other people suffer because of Harry's rash actions mm-hmm. that is hard for me to accept as as an adult as a kid, you kind of get it and you you think about it it's oh, it's not my fault, it's fine, blah 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 blah, but no you you shouldn't have been there, you shouldn't have done it, and, and you should have just swallowed it and moved forward but you It's like that whole uh, thing in Back to the Future. What are you, chicken? Like, who cares? You call me a chicken. Sure, fine. And as a matter of fact, he could probably learn something from Dumbledore in this Mm. chapter. We'll get to that in a little little bit. However, however, I love this thing. When Snape shows up and he says, all right, what's going on here? And and, and Malfoy says, oh, Potter attacked me. Look, he hit Goyle, yada, yada, yada. And he sends Goyle off to the... Off to the hospital wing And he forced Hermione to show Snape her teeth She was doing her best to hide them With her hands Though this was difficult As they had now grown down past her, her collar Panty Parkinson and the other Slytherin girls Were doubled up with silent gables, Pointing at Hermione from behind Snape's back Snape looked coldly at Hermione And then said I see no difference
0: oh, This is where we get into the Snape hate
1: Oh man,
0: I I'm checking something up. I do want to say that I'm pretty sure this Densungio spell that Malf- Malfoy uses against Hermione. Okay, I'm pretty sure he uses this in the cursed child.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, All right, so, fair enough.
0: I'm gonna, yeah.
1: We're gonna gonna keep going with that. Just
0: I know I can't talk about it too often much because you haven't even read it, so it's not even like I get into the spoiler territory, but nonetheless, I believe it's the same one.
1: So I again this is we talked about this at the top of the podcast, so I'm not gonna, you know, go crazy over it. But um This is when it's hard to be okay with Snape. And like part of me thinks he's just trolling for the sake of trolling.
0: But the fact that it's against Hermione, too, because there is sometimes when I think Maybe he has to put on such a big act that he doesn't like Harry to kind of throw people off of his scent because he is a double agent. He is going to be like keeping his eyes and ears open to the dark side to see how he can protect Harry. So I appreciate when he's meh with Harry. But when it's against Neville or when it's against Hermione, I just don't like it. I just can't make it right.
1: Part of me also thinks that Snape was made fun of a lot and it was by James and, and the other Marauders. But he was made fun of a lot, and this is his way of taking that control back from when he was a kid.
0: The bullies are frequently the ones who were first off bullied.
1: Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So this is his way of saying, it's "Okay, right, fine, though. sure, whatever." I'm not saying it's right, but you understand the 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 uh, not the pathos, but <sighs> yeah, I'd say you understand. You understand the pathos behind it, mm-hmm. the uh, the emotional, the emotionality, and the the logic
0: behind it's it. It's Just not right.
1: Um, it, Sorry, go ahead. Do you
0: want me to blow your, blow your doors off or uh, whatever you are saying? my noodle. Okay. How, how sure are you that Malfoy tried to hit Harry and not Hermione? Hermione is already known for having big, bucky teeth. Malfoy specifically chooses a spell that grows teeth, and he just did something to upset Hermione, and then that is what upsets Harry the most. Did Malfoy, on purpose, do this spell to Hermione? I believe no. I believe it's just luck of the draw and that this was interesting for the author. But that is a debate. It's supposedly that their spells rebounded and that's what hit her. But I yeah. find it quite interesting that he's always hitting on her in regards to the mud blood comments and you know you gross me out. And Hermione is already known for having buck big teeth.
1: buck teeth. Yeah. Well, let's look at what the text says. Jets of light shot from both wands, hit each other in mid air and ricocheted off at angles. Harry's hit Goyle in the face and Malfoy's hit Hermione. Goyle bellowed and put his hands to his nose, where the great ugly boils were springing up. Hermione, whimpering in the panic, was clutching her mouth. Okay, so <clears throat> what we have here in the text is uh, they looked at each other at, in each other's eyes, then exactly at the same time they both acted. Then jets of light shoot from both the wands; they hit each other in mid-air and ricochet off at no. angles. My thought is they both shoot at each other and they they go off in in a direction that. You know.
0: Maybe he was inspired, and he's like, I don't know what spell to do. Ooh, buck teeth. Okay, here we go.
1: Yeah, the, the the text suggests that it was shot at Harry. Agreed. Though I like where your head's at, Mary, because if you're going to hurt Harry... You hurt Hermione. You hurt Hermione.
0: Harry can bounce back. Harry's been to the hospital wing more times than right. not, and, and so is Hermione.
1: And like I always say, too, like, hey, you want to call me names? Fine. You want to you wanna pummel me? You want to get on me? Absolutely. But you call his wife a
0: yappy dog on an Apple podcast review?
1: (laughs) You do something against my wife and you are dead to me. D-E-D dead. And you will never be forgiven and I will likely harm you.
0: Not really. Don't worry, friends. G-rated. It's
1: it's absolutely true. Um, So, yes, you're right, Mary. I love where your head's at. And if this were a, a little bit more of an adult novel, I would say you're probably right.
0: It's just interesting, just to yes. play with that. Uh, but don't worry, friends. Hermione's going to be okay. She's going off to the hospital wing, and in goes Harry into double potions with Snape, where everyone is learning how to make antidotes. Okay, so let's hold up a second. This is an area that a lot of people don't like Snape because he's like, "I'm going to poison one of you." Here's the thing: he's going to kill you? He knows how to make antidotes. Yeah, that's why I don't care about that. We've I, got you know, Madame Pomfrey, sure. Uh,
1: Harry Harry broke his he lost
0: every bone in
1: his yeah. in his arm and he's fine. Snape like,
0: saying I'm going to poison you doesn't really scare me.
1: No, it doesn't scare me either.
0: Because Snape won't let him die. They just want to like practice on somebody. It's kind of like when you are a lifeguard and you have to go to the lifeguard test and someone has to go jump and lay down in the bottom of the pool and act like they're drowning and you have to physically practice with a human body pulling them out of the water. You know, it's just sometimes you got to practice on the real thing. So I don't. I'm, I'm okay with it. I think it just comes off so menacingly because of Snape, but I bet you if this was being taught by Moody or by Lupin and they just said it differently, we're actually going to poison one of you, but do not worry. Mm-hmm. I have the antidote. No one will die, mm-hmm. but just so we can actually, you know, Try your different antidotes on them. I think that would be great. I also think it's interesting because they need to know different antidotes. You know, Snape has now taught them since the very beginning. Sure, with the bezoar are like a different antidotes, and we're gonna see in the future different, you know, poisonings and things like that. So yeah, absolutely. I just I think it's interesting. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't really care that Snape's poisoning kids. I mean, like, <laughs> I understand how that sounds. Sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. But I don't care that Snape's poisoning kids. They're gonna be fine. They'll be totally fine. No, no one's going to get hurt.
0: Colin Creevy comes up. Excuse me. So uh, I need Harry Potter because he needs to come. Yes, we're going to do pictures. Or we're going to do pictures and do yeah. a write up. He needs to take all of his stuff, and he's not coming back.
1: I love how Colin Creevy. The first thing he says talks about his pictures. Like that's what he cares about most is taking pictures. Oh, uh, and it has nothing to necessarily do with pictures. Holy. It's Mm -hmm. more about the weighing of the wands. It's the that's the ceremony to which they've been invited,
0: which is a funny title because they physically don't weigh them. But it more comes down to evaluating the wands. that term of weighing, you know, really weighing the options against each other, not the physical weighing, just seeing how everything is. And it's Um, Ollivander. He's back. Love Ollivander. I know. Curious. 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 I miss the fact that this scene wasn't in the movie. I would have loved to see Ollivander again, particularly because we see him again in latter film. You yes. know what I mean? Like Ollivander has this, this bookend situation in the books and in the movies, but in the books, he pops up, you know, specifically here. again here. Yeah. And I love that. I love that we need to know that wands are important. Yes, they make the magic happen, but it is important for each person. So this kind of starts to go into the different wand lore.
1: Yeah, and I noticed, too, that, uh, that um, Ollivander, all he does is just rank on the wands that were not made by him.
0: Oh, this is made by Gregorovic? Mm. Yeah, not yeah. to my
1: style, but oh you know, my. I, I would have done this. If it were, if it were me, it would have been like that.
0: I wonder who made Floors if it was Grigorovich or if there's like a french artisanal you there know, has to be wand maker you know
1: yeah there has to be there has, but it's like yeah it's it's totally boutique
0: oh you you chose the vila one yeah mm, yeah i don't really yeah. deal with vila Especially it's specially made like I used my grandma's hair. Yeah. Ew! <laughs> Ew! But fine. Hope she was alive when she gave that to you. Maybe she still is alive. Okay, cool.
1: Notice, too, that uh, you know that the characteristics of the wands seem to match those that of the um, contestants themselves. Uh, the one that Cedric has is rather springy. And Fleur's wand is really... A, exceptionally inflexible and uh what's his name's there uh what's his name there crumb crumb yeah thank you crumbs is is rigid so and harry's is supple now i don't know what supple would be for for a 14 year old that not the greatest look from all of at that point but i just like how the 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 wands are reflecting the characters um and something too shows up it also kind of plays on Floor. The like, definition
0: of supple, bending and moving easily and gracefully, flexible. Ah, okay.
1: Fair enough. Uh, thank you for that. Um, I like how it, it, Floors is in, like inflexible. And that kind of matches up with how she's acted so far. When Harry comes into that room and says, who's this little boy? Mm-hmm. And then when it's announced that he's going to be one of the Triwizard Champions, she's like, that can't be. That's ridiculous. is the one who fights back. hmm uh, and she's the one who, who pushes exceptionally back against the idea of Harry doing that. So it shows how inflexible she truly is. Like that. I like building on that a lot. Um building on that those qualities that yeah. that the author has already established.
0: And then of course we get into Ollivander checking out Harry's Wand. And Harry's heart kind of stops for a second because previous to this he had his run-in with Rita Skeeter, which we missed, but we'll we'll touch we'll upon get there, that briefly. Yeah. Um you know, so he's just nervous, like, please, Ollivander, don't say anything. I know you geeked out about my wand last time, and it is really weird, but like, I kind of I like it. so please don't don't let it know it's a little dirty secret, you right, know right, right. because that is how Harry feels about it. And what's so interesting is that he, and I read this quote in the beginning of this podcast because he likens his pot his wand that is connected to Voldemort. It has the same core. It has the same Phoenix feather that Voldemort's wand has, and is the only two wands that this Phoenix gave, phoenix gave feathers to. And he likens this wand to how it being related to Voldemort is kind of like Harry Potter being related to Aunt Petunia. You know, yes. don't really like it, but it is fault. what it is.
1: And, yeah, it's- and what's
0: interesting is that the wand protects Harry from Lord Voldemort petunia protects harry because From, of uh, the blood oh, s- the you. blood situation and yeah. how he has to live in the house we end up finding that out later on in books too but like he has to live with aunt petunia and her family because that gives him protection while he is still a child yeah so i just thought that, that was neat that his mind said oh it's kind of like Aunt petunia yes it is
1: yes it absolutely. is. absolutely and it, this idea of like placement and responsibility mm-hmm. uh, keeps coming up in this chapter. Whether it is Harry talking to Hedwig and being like, it's not my fault. Mm-hmm. I can't use you. We need this. Or it's Hermione saying to Harry, you're just the chosen one. It's not... I know that you're not like... like That's just the card yeah. that you've been given. Or it's this whole thing of, it's not my fault um, about the, the wand or, or anything. It's just... That's just the way that it is. It keeps coming back up in this chapter. Do you buy all of this? That it's just, it is what it is and it's not Harry's fault? Or is Harry, do you think Harry is? I
0: don't think it's Harry's
1: fault. Or do you think Harry is, how do I want to put it? (sighs) Is there any responsibility? No. From Harry at all about what's happening? No. How come?
0: He's 14! 14! Give him a break. (laughs) This just happened two days ago. What is going on? He doesn't know what's going on. His only family member that he can talk about has to communicate via owl. Yeah, but yeah, there is a... And Dumbledore, neither Dumbledore nor Professor McGonagall have taken the Flippin' time to sit down with him since his name was chosen out of the Goblet of Fire and have a real honest conversation. Professor McGonagall, as the head of his house, should have said, Potter, I'd like you to have breakfast with me in my office tomorrow. Yeah, good point. <laughs> because I just I kind of want to know a little bit more about what's going on. But there is to me a sense of,
1: of Harry, don't be Harry about this. Harry, don't do, like in the last book when uh, Arthur Weasley is saying, you know what, Harry, do me a favor. Do me a favor. Don't go after Sirius. Don't do this. Just just stay home. Stay home, relax, chill out. That, that's all you need. And I and I get a sense that as Harry gets older, he is doing more to be the Harry, that in quotes, that we all know. And actually I wanna go back real quick to the uh the the entrance here about Snape when Harry was freaking out about Snape and how he was he wanted to Crucio him. Harry's ears were ringing. The injustice it made him want to oh the injustice of it made him want to curse Snape into a thousand slimy pieces. He passed Snape, walked with Ron to the back of the dungeon and slammed his bag down onto the table. Ron was shaking with anger too for a moment. It felt as though everything was back to normal between them. But then Ron turned and sat down with Dean and Seamus instead, leaving Harry alone at his table. On the other side of the dungeon, Malfoy turned his back on Snape and pressed his badge, smirking, Potter stinks, flashed once more across the room. Harry sat there, staring at Snape as the lesson began, picturing horrific things happening to him. If only he knew how to do the Cruciatus Curse, he'd have Snape flat on his back like that spider, jerking and twitching, Antidotes! Said Snape. There is a sense here that Harry is putting himself in these positions. Like thinking, like truly considering hurting Snape. Truly considering doing something to Snape that would put him in Azkaban Mm -hmm. for life. Just because... He felt like it, mm-hmm. and you get the sense like when his ears were ringing. You know, I know you've been there when you're so you're so mad yeah. you don't hear nothing except yeah. for ringing. I've been there too. Don't you get an idea that Harry would actually kind of do this if he actually really knew how to do it at this point?
0: I don't think he would crucio Snape. Why not? He wouldn't. He wouldn't unforgivable unforgivable curse his professor why not this is his home yeah, but so he's what he's gonna put it completely in jeopardy and then he has to go live with the Dursleys mm. we all have had a teacher that we like really 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 don't like and Ooh. we wish ill will against I've been there and we but that's all you can do you can't you're not gonna go to kid jail that's your option that's true That's a good point. You're not going to go to Juvie? No thanks.
1: You you notice too that Harry, though, as I've been talking about this, both Harry and Ron have been very passive. Like you're just waiting for the other person to solve it.
0: That's why I wanted to have that question. Who should have done it? And in my opinion, I don't know what conversations Hermione was having with Ron. But Hermione told Harry, you can fix this. You just got to go talk with him. So I assume Hermione was having the same conversations with Ron. But as we can only see things from Harry's perspective, I'm holding Harry a little bit more accountable at this point because he was given fair guidance as to how to solve this situation. And he pains and like pings and like wants to talk to Ron the entire time. But – Ron keeps hurting him. So I can appreciate that, too. I'd be mad. I'd be like, fine. If you're going to pout and go sit with Seamus and Dean, fine. I'll just stew over here and then later hang out with Rita Skeeter in a broom cupboard. Ugh. Give me a break, <laughs> Rita. <laughs> no, she doesn't know. I highly doubt she knows unless she- Oh,
1: no. She absolutely does know. <sighs> she totally knows. This is the woman right. that knows. that, that go- She wrote the book eventually about Dumbledore she's the one that, like, she knows everything. You Are you telling me uh. that she isn't putting him in that cupboard? First, okay, number one, number one, maybe she doesn't know, but the author does, so yeah. she's purposely doing that. Number two, she absolutely knows about the cupboard. That's where Harry, you're telling me she couldn't get her, one of her hands in one of them letters that was sent from Hogwarts to the house,
0: the cupboard under you the know, stairs? there were thousands of them. Yeah,
1: they're floating around. It's like, you know, like those dust mites that are just... Rolling around in the West. It's, it's just Harry Potter letters. I wonder All if anyone England. ever
0: kept any of those, if they just magically disappeared, or exactly, if they just kind of blew around and people were like, guess what I found? It's like a Babe Ruth baseball. I have yeah. a Harry Potter acceptance letter. <laughs> <laughs> Me too! <laughs> uh, yep.
1: She she absolutely knew. Interesting. Uh, but it is it is worth noting that at least the author knew, and I like how she tries to make Harry, the author tries to make Harry feel like, kid here especially in comparison to Cedric where he said Harry notices that Cedric just looks like Mm. a champion looks like he's the part um I think that's a big deal and what Rita is doing here is is showing you how dangerous she can be uh that the quick quotes quill yeah uh it it is very funny but also very very dangerous Mm. the way that it Operates. Um, I love this. Harry looked down quickly at the quill. The moment Rita Skeeter had spoken, the green quill had started to scribble, skidding across the parchment. Attractive blonde Rita Skeeter, 43, whose savage quill has punctured many inflated reputations. Oh, yes.
0: Never trust an object that can think for itself.
1: I, I totally agree.
0: That was an Arthur Weasley point, okay, when it came to Tom Riddle's diary. And it it definitely is true here. This thing is a mind of its own, and is going to cause massive difficulties going forward.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I wonder how it works. Well, about- they they noticed that that she like sucks, sucks it. on it. Yeah,
1: um, is that like to get
0: get her kind of taste in on the situation? Can it kind yeah. of read her mind temporarily? I don't know, but I'm here for it. And she just leans into it, you know? We, I mean, obviously, this is a scene that have kind of is, is a bit played out in the movie, so we really get the feel for it. She elaborates on Harry's situation, asking him over and over, you know, how do you think your parents would feel about this? Would they be proud of you? Would they be worried about you? And luckily, Harry is dragged from this for the weighing of the Wands. It doesn't doesn't stay too long. Right.
1: Uh, but I do love how this, this is written. Can you remember your parents at all, said Rita Skeeter, talking over him? No, said Harry. How do you think they'd feel if they knew you were competing in the Triwizard Tournament? Proud? Worried? Angry? Harry was feeling really annoyed now. How on earth was he to know his parents would feel mm-hmm. if they were alive? He could feel Rita Skeeter watching him very intently frowning. He avoided her gaze and looked down at the words the quill had just written. Tears fill those startlingly green, startlingly green eyes as our conversation turns to the parents he can barely remember. I have not got tears in my eyes said Harry loudly. <laughs> love this. I love it shows you the power of the written word. Mm-hmm. Kind of goes back to the last kingdom a little bit for me here where the written word is what matters most. You could say anything you want to say, but whatever you got written is what's important. Yeah. Uh what's his name? My favorite my favorite character almost in uh, in, in all of Harry Potter. Um
0: yeah, so much that you really remember his name.
1: <sighs> Kenneth Gil- Branagh, Gilderoy. Uh,
0: yeah. I, did you like how I said guilt? Yeah.
1: Gilderoy, written word. Doesn't matter what you did, written word. Same thing here with Rhea Skitter. Doesn't matter what you did, written word. Though, she does have a competitor. That competitor is one Albus Dumbledore.
0: Oh, shade in a way that you didn't even know it was shade.
1: Oh, goodness gracious. I love this. I hope you saw my piece over the summer of the International Confederation of Wizards Conference. Enchantingly nasty, said Dumbledore, his eyes twinkling. I particularly enjoyed your description of me as an absolute dingbat. Hmm. As an obsolete dingbat. Hmm. Rita Skeeter didn't look remotely abashed. I was just making the point that some of your ideas are a little old-fashioned, Dumbledore, and that many wizards in the street... I will be delighted to hear the reasoning behind the rudeness, Rita said Dumbledore with a courteous bow and a smile. But I'm afraid we'll have to discuss the matter later. The weighing of the wands is about to start, and I cannot take, it cannot take place if one of our champions is in a broom cupboard.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's mm. not going to work for us, Rita. So we'll reconvene on Love your rudeness. This I kisses the Kisses.
1: The, the cool, composed Dumbledore who just... Kill them with kindness. Kill them with kindness. And what Rita Skeeter desires most is the power of her words. Mm-hmm. And when you deny her that power, that Dumbledore knows that mm-hmm. is what just digs it in even further on her. When she's like, yeah, you, you did a great job. And, you know, I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, But you know what? Can't do it right now. We're busy. We got it's things going mean. on. Sorry. When you neutralize that, yes. that that power, oh, it goes right into Rita It shows you the power of negotiation uh-huh. and, and how to how to mess with somebody. Agreed. So take what someone likes best and destroy it. <laughs> that is the art of the game. I'll say. Uh, anything else you want to say about this chapter, Marvin? No, are that's you, about it. Are you ready for
0: your... Shoot, I feel like I different-perspected the button thing. Okay.
1: Well, it's time for different perspective. You got uh, one?
0: Let's see. I know you got Rolodex. one.
1: I know you <laughs> got one. Here we go. Ready? And here we go.
0: Holy cricket. You're Harry Potter. I'm Hermione Granger. And you are... Albus Dumbledore.
1: Albus! How are you today?
0: I'm a little busy.
1: You got things going on. The Wailing of the Wands, Rita Skeeter's banging around here. Harry
0: freaking Potter. Harry freaking Potter. Yeah. Sorry. I'm Harry freaking Potter! Mm. Uh Uh-huh. Curious. You know, that's one of Ollivander's favorite words when it comes Mm. to, to Harry. And it's just, I can't yet wrap my mind around what happened last night. Uh, or two weeks ago. Yeah. Never mind, because sure. everything's what? stats are for nerds. Stats are for nerds. Stats are for nerds. <laughs> I'm very calm. Yes. In case you didn't know. Well, why wouldn't you? Be? I'm so calm that even when I'm told I'm a what obnoxious an nitwip, obsolete dingbat. Obsolete dingbat. Yes. You know. Hey, whatevs. I'm really glad she learned vocabulary at school. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. <laughs> I had low low hopes for her. What is it that uh that that Frank Randall says? Oh. I had low expectations to begin with. And she met them.
1: Oh, you know what? I have to say, I have to do this because we just mentioned uh, Frank Randall. Dumbledore, you mentioned mentioned Frank, and I just have to. And And for those of you watching the show today, I'm wearing my We Soldier On shirt just for Frank. Just for you. Awesome. Continue, Dumbledore.
0: Yeah, you know, it's just, there's a lot of things going on, and. um, I'm kind of, you know, pulling, pull my, pulling for my, for my friend during his alchemy days, uh, Nicholas Flamel, Sure, you know, being a scientist of sorts. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you just have to wait and see what happens. Sometimes Mm -hmm. if you, you get involved with things too much, you can frazzle things up.
1: Scientific method.
0: That's what I'm, that's what I'm doing, man. I'm making observations, making hypothesis, Uh, hypotheses. uh,
1: Hypotheses. Yeah.
0: I'm I'm making those. Uh Nicholas Flamel taught me that too. And, um, (laughs) I'm also just hanging out. I'm uh, yeah. hanging out. I've got a lot of people over. You know, I've got Ludo Bagman. Can't yeah. feed him enough. I don't know what's going on with Guy him. Guy is a
1: dumpster. Seriously, you just put more stuff into him Ugh. and just goes keeps going.
0: But um, Harry Potter's struggling along, man. I thought he was going to break by now, but he hasn't. So, yeah. I I just keep playing Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> what well, doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and it's really happening for Harry. Like, yeah, absolutely. I'm just I'm just. I I put it I put it through the school speaker system at night yep. just to pump him up through like osmosis. <laughs> it's working because I thought the kid I thought the kid would ask me. I thought he would come up to me and say, "Professor Dumbledore, mm-hmm. I didn't put my name in the Goblet of Fire. Can you please fix this? I'm Dumbledore." Yeah, right. I could have fixed it.
1: I could have done anything.
0: But he didn't ask. Right. So Let's see what happens. Hey, you know this. Oh, okay, this is going on longer. Okay,
1: who who, who, who you got? Who you got in the Triwizard Tournament, by? Because this is the first time I talked to you since the Tri-Wizard Tournament, okay. and I, and I just wanted to get your thoughts. So, You know, I heard the I heard I wasn't the favorite. Prepared
0: for a long interview, but okay.
1: <laughs> I heard the favorite. Uh, at least uh, you know, at least a plus plus ten points is Crumb, and oh. uh, and and the least favorite so far, at least at least minus ten points is Harry Potter. Okay. Who you got as your favorite? You got Floor, You got. You got Cedric. I mean, Brom, really you got I care. You don't care? I don't care. What? You don't want your, one of a your Gryffindor, your Hufflepuff? Story? I just
0: don't want a kid to die because then parents <laughs> get nervous. And when parents get nervous, they pull the kids out. We stop getting donations. Yeah. So as long as a kid doesn't die. Yeah.
1: Yeah we are going to be in good uh, how shape.
0: How about this? How about this? As long as one of my kids Oh, don't yeah. Because
1: you don't care if Krum or Floor dies. Whatever. It's, that's their problem.
0: Stats are for nerds, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. End scene. That is like I didn't know where to go. Oh, that was good, though. I liked that. I liked that quite a bit. Good job, Marvin.
0: Uh, okay. You're All right. welcome.
1: All right. We got some uh, emails All here. Right. Ready to get into it? Yes. Let's do it.
0: Oh. Miles hair. All
1: right, this one comes from Mara. She says, I'm re-listening to your recap of chapter 13, and I have to disagree with Mary about Ron's use of muggle curse words. Okay, yes. Ron is the son of Arthur Weasley, lover of all things muggles. Good And point. he has five older brothers who will likewise race to embrace muggles and mixed blood witches and wizards at Hogwarts. Good. It is incredibly points. likely that he would become exposed to such words inadvertently or on purpose by his father, brothers, or his classmates before the beginning of his fourth year. We all regularly adopt words and phrases we hear. By the way of an example, my own kids regularly hear the phrase. Not great, Bob. And "by Ian, from me in their daily lives. <laughs> that, for you nerds, is a Outlander reference. By huh? Ian. By Ian. Much to my amusement and to their father's general confusion, the kids have gotten to the point where they know when and how to use those phrases appropriately in conversation. Ron has probably heard many muggle curse words, but has adopted using phrases he can get away with at his age since that is something that a 14-year-old boy would certainly do. Love this! I'm sure the author wrote many books, more books from Ron's perspective, especially after the time of book seven, we'd hear an earful of more. Yes! Thank you for all that you do. Uh, this Great one comes points. from Shay. Hi, Shay. Shay says, "I just listened to the latest part of Verse now, and you mentioned how Foe Moody seems particularly interested in teaching the kids how to throw off the Imperius curse. Do you think that this is because it was used on him by yep. his father before he escaped? Yeah, means something more to him. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Thank you for bringing Lumos in my time of
0: Knox. Now, Shay, as Blake has not read this book, he knows nothing of what you talk about. You know, it's like a." You're, you're a little Trelawney right now, but I'm here for it, and I'm here for all the spoilerificness. Yes, 100%. That is something that just ruffles his feathers, and he's like, I want all kids prepared against this. Yes.
1: Uh, this one comes from Eric. I've been meaning to write this email for a while I Some of them your part of podcast while looking for something new. I quickly binged through all the previous episodes and caught up with you three quarters of the way through book three. Nice. Mary, your other perspective, your different perspectives are fantastic. Oh my gosh, thanks. I must admit that I am hooked. I passed your show on to numerous other friends. Hi, Baker. Okay, Baker. Hi. Hi, Baker. Baker, what's going on? Baker, you can always call call us in, write us an email, and I'll say your name right, Baker. Your cousin from Boston. Boston. And since finding your show, I've acquired all seven books on Audible and have listened to these series completely three times now. Perks of my job being able to listen all day long. Nice. In your last episode, the one for Mad Eye Moody, you mentioned Trelawney being a nut job and has always Wrong. Well, she's a nut job because but she is typically right. She is. In that specific chapter, she said Harry must have been born in midwinter, and Harry responded that he was actually born in July. What Trelawney was actually picking up was the part of Voldemort's soul. Dun,
0: dun, dun. Voldemort was, in the
1: fact, born in December. Most of her predictions are spot on with Harry when you look at them through the end of the series. Now, Blake. Blake. Do you remember? Your, you.
0: The 21st night of December.
1: Proud, proud.
0: Voldemort's birthday. I think that's it, right?
1: It's September, not the- no. Oh, okay,
0: I know. I'm asking when is Voldemort's birthday, Blake? Uh, whatever, I don't know. I'm sure, it's December. Out. I want to know if it's the 21st. Okay, well let's let's get let's get on that. Ma. Okay, fine. Let's get let's go. Let's
1: get the nerds here.
0: 31st. Do you remember? <laughs> The 31st night of December. (laughs) Now, Blake,
1: you proud, proud Slytherin.
0: Tom Riddle's birthday. You have
1: consistently proclaimed your love for Snape ever since the first episode. That's right. Snape is... Oh, man, that was a rookie mistake. Mm -hmm. Hey, actually, I just got a notification about Britney Spears, what, conservatorship being officially removed?
0: Blake, come on. Go with it.
1: Snape is the worst. You want proof? What would his actions have been if Voldemort decided that the prophecy was about Neville? He probably would have kicked in the Longbottom's door himself Preach. and bowed to the last to let his master enter. And the big True. secret that he always loved Lily was just so creepy. She didn't approve of his friends. He kept the actions they were t- taking. And in the end, she cut him out of her life completely for good Peace. reason. His redemption was a facade, and I firmly believe... He would have gone back to Voldemort fully if Harry died in the Astronomy Tower with Dumbledore. Anyways, Mm. love the show. Keep up your fantastic work. Okay. for All right. Listen, Eric. Okay. Number one. Love it.
0: Number one. Love it, Eric. I'm here
1: for it. All I'm going to say is scoreboard, Eric. Okay? The score is the score. Particularly
0: in this chapter where we were like, we can't be on the Snape train right now. Love that we got to read your email.
1: You can't say, well, if this and if that. That's all we do. It didn't happen. That's
0: literally the different perspective. It didn't
1: happen. What if Harry what if Harry was you, born in the and You in, were just the, so excited sun, to talk sun, about what if the sun turned into a black hole the day Harry was born, none of this would have happened. You were just yeah, so happy about the buck happened.
0: teeth, about the buck teeth conversation. You were like this is really cool, let's talk about this. That's so- cuz it
1: actually happened. If Neville this, if Neville that. You know what? Scoreboard. Ignor, Ignore Blake. Didn't
0: happen. Ignore Blake, Eric.
1: <laughs> you are what your record okay, says move you are.
0: On. You're rude.
1: <laughs> just having fun. Come on. Having
0: know, a little you're fun. You're just loud.
1: I know. That, that's the idea. You're
0: a little aggressive.
1: You want to know why? It's because. Your cousin from Boston.
0: I've, I've spent all day with Blake today, and it's just been a lot. <laughs>
1: Uh that is it for our emails. Thank God. If you have sent <laughs> if, if you have sent some more recently, uh we will get to them. Uh it's just I had to I had to get through our backlog uh of the emails that we had. So I had to get them all out. So okay. uh the more recent ones that have been coming up, you will be put on next episode. All right, Marvin, that's it. You got anything else? That is it. Let's close this show out.
0: The 31st night of December.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to let that one go, are you? No.
0: I have to find the rest of the words now. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be so amazing because his birth origin story is freaking crazy. Voldemort was born on New Year's Eve. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. And his dad was in the love potion. Oh, Freaking crazy, man. Okay, so thank you all so very much. A, as I asked earlier, please, please, please take the time to go to Apple Podcasts. Even if you watch us on Facebook or YouTube, do us a big favor. Head to Apple Podcasts. As that is where most people are finding the Potterverse. Leave us a five-star review plus a sentence or two as that really, really helps other people find us. We do have a complimentary texting service. So if you wanted to join in the live discussions on Facebook or YouTube when the video aspect of the um. The podcast comes up. Make sure you get out your phones if you're in the U.S. The number is 81010 and the message field at Elder One. So the at symbol Elder One. All one word, no spaces. 81010 at Elder One. And if you are out of the country, out of the U.S., you have to go to remind.com slash join slash Elder One and you will be on the complimentary service.
1: That's it. That's all we got.
0: That's it. That's it, friends. Thank you ever so much. My name is Mary. My name is Blake. Mischief Managed.